Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I'm joined by my co-host Scott Spinelli. This is the breakdown. Scott, how you doing today? Excellent, Jamie. So happy to be here. Looking forward to working with you uh, as a co-host during the season this year. This is going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited about this show as we're going to be taking a different look entering the college basketball season. Uh, we'll be starting in the ACC. We're going to go team by team. We're going to go through the personnel. We're going to break down X's and O's. And we're going to give a really in-depth look at each team as we go through this process. You know, Jamie, I first of all, I have to say this, okay? Um, you know, we're at Dana Barrows Basketball Club. I'd like to just shout out to Dana for allowing us to film and produce our show here uh, at the Dana Barrows Basketball Club. Um, both, you know, actually, not only Dana, but Travis and, and Stephanie, thank you. Uh, Dana is a, is a legend in this area. He's a guy that, you know, many folks don't maybe remember. He played 15 years in the NBA. Um, you know, I remember the story where right around the time I was in high school, and I don't think I ever shared this with Dana, but I went down and watched him play at Severian High School and uh, over in Westwood, Mass. And he was a senior. And I got there right before the JV game, you know, was, uh, you know, was coming to an end. And as the varsity team came out, uh, Dana Barrows was in line and he was running. And I saw this little guy, he's probably 5'10", 155 pounds coming out. And I had heard all this hype about him as good a basketball player as has ever come out of this area and so on and so forth. And I couldn't imagine a kid who had a wad of gum in his mouth. It looked like a baseball player. You know, he had a, he was chewing gum a mile a minute. And uh, when the game tipped off, you know, early in the game, they threw him an alley-oop lob dunk at 5'10", and he went up over everybody and dunked it. And he proceeded to score 30-plus points that night without a three-point line, uh, mind you. But, you know, just a uh, tremendous player from this area, so I wanted to give him a shout-out. And, again, we appreciate allowing us to film and produce the show here. Now, before we jump into our first team, let's take a second and introduce ourselves. I'm Jamie Shaw. National Recruiting Analyst, Rivals.com, and I am the author of the Absolute Basketball Report. Um, it is one of the most trusted and sought-after NCAA-compliant uh, reports produced throughout the country. This is my co-host, Scott Spinelli. Scott, tell them about yourself. You know, Jamie, over the years, I've had the chance to work at every level of basketball. And through this podcast, through the breakdown, you know, I look forward to sharing a lot of my experiences with the audience. You know, as a coach, we spend a lot of time, countless hours watching video to evaluate both players for recruiting purposes, as well as in preparation. Most assistant coaches get an opportunity to scout the opponents and you're evaluating players, you know, based on maybe some weaknesses and strengths that you can gain to help your own team in preparation. And, you know, one of the things that you do as, an, as a coach and watching these videos and countless hours of, of film is you're learning so much along the way. So during the breakdown, each episode, you know, we'd like to give back to our audience many of the factual stories that have occurred through my journey and almost like bringing everybody into the back room. So I'm really excited. And I, 
you know, I hope the audience enjoys, you know, what we're about to do, but I'm looking forward to working with you, Jamie, this, this whole year. Now, Scott, I'm sure as they've already heard us speak already, I bet a lot of people are wondering how we got hooked up together. Um, obviously with this Southern accent, this deep, strong Boston accent up there. And um, just a little quick tidbit with it. Scott and I would always find ourselves as the last people in the gym. Um, you know, we'd be by ourselves in a back gym and, and looking at players. And, and we started talking and, and this kept occurring week after week after week. Uh, and as we kept talking, Scott and I would find that we saw basketball in a very similar light which was different from what other people, many other people actually saw the game. Um, and that is what kind of got him into recruiting and developing pros and also got my report into one of the most sought after reports in the country. Um, but we struck that relationship up about nine years ago. We've maintained it throughout. Um, you know, it started off with his stop at Maryland, went through his stop to Boston College, staying in touch, staying in contact, talking about players um, and everything. And we just felt this to be a great time for us to link up and kind of share our insights of how we see the game with other people. Yeah. You know, Jamie, just to add to that, um, you know, you know, guys like yourself who, uh, you know, spent, uh, you know, again, countless hours in the gym evaluating players, you know, uh, you've changed and impacted a lot of families and a lot of lives along the way. You know, when you look, when I look back, you know, when I first started in coaching, there were two recruiting analysts that were really kind of affiliated with certain geographics. And back then, of course, there was no social media, but, you know, uh, God rest his soul, Tom Kachowski, a legend up in this area out of New York. And he was a guy that traveled. He'd come to my prep school when I was a head coach on a bus and he'd evaluate the players um, from every school possible up and down, you know, especially the tri-state, that New York, Connecticut, you know, uh, area, Jersey, and then obviously up into New England. And, um, you know, Bob Gibbons is, you know, still down there in, in North Carolina, and he's obviously um, been a tremendous role model and a guy that's helped so many along the way. But a guy like yourself, you know, Adam Finkelstein, you two guys are kind of the new, um, you know, Adam's from up in this area, you're from down in there. And over the years, you know, when you're in, in the gyms and you're watching these kids, you know, you, you develop relationships. And I'll never forget, you know, a lot of times in those North Carolina gyms, you know, I would you know, be finished, I'd finish, I'd be walking out and I'd be looking and I'd be, you and I were kind of walking out at the end of the games together. And, uh, and that's kind of how our relationship started. So there's a mutual respect that I have for you. Um, I trust in your opinion and you're a guy that I think, you know, in this profession is, is going to change, continue to change a lot of uh, lives along the way. So thank you for what you do. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really excited again, as mentioned before about, this podcast, because again, we see the game a little bit different, differently from a lot of people. Um, so I'm very excited to get that out to the people. Um, Scott, and obviously your track record speaks for itself with the amount of success and pros that you've developed and everything. Uh, but for the first installment of the breakdown, we're going to jump right into Virginia. Uh, Virginia, 61 and 12, an ACC player over the last four years, which also includes an ACC championship uh, and national title. Um, while everyone else is kind of playing with an up-tempo type of style, shifting toward up-tempo, Virginia's doing it, uh, finding their success playing fundamentally and through mental strength and through discipline. Scott, you've had the opportunity to coach against UVA at two different stops, both at Maryland and Boston College. I know you've got to have a great story um, about you coaching across from Tony Bennett. Well, at first, it all started at Maryland. You know, I worked for um, Mark Turgeon for many years, four at Texas A&M, and three at Maryland. This is when Maryland was in the ACC. 
And I'll never forget my first day on the job. You know, when I left Texas A&M, I was heartbroken. I spent a week there trying to get the head job. I didn't get it. And so um, I, you know, I, I flew up to Maryland and first day on the job, you know, I, I came into Turge, Coach Turgeon's office and he sat me down and he said, look, you know, let's continue on the recruiting path because we had been recruiting Jake Lehman, who we ended up getting at Maryland, as well as Seth Allen, you know, who came to Maryland at the same time. And uh, with that said, Scott, I've got a project for you. And so he kind of threw a folder at me and said, look, you know, we're going to be judged here at Maryland um, based on how we do against these two teams. And he gave me the folder and it, one was Virginia and one was Duke. And, you know, at that point, I really had no real uh, experience in terms of scouting either team. I had never, I've watched them from afar, but never that close, um, you know, to, to, you know, what I was about to, to get into. And, you know, a great story, you know, probably a month and a half, two months go by and I finally moved, relocate my wife and my three children out to uh, Rockville, Maryland. And we're moving in, Jamie, this is a true story. And, you know, at every stop along the way, you know, I always have an office where it's, you know, pretty much my war room, you know, where I make phone calls, you know, you're recruiting, you know, and then you have a video, a big screen television in there where you're watching prospects as well as, you know, your opponents. And um, this one particular night we had just moved in. And of course, that office was one of the first rooms that, you know, um, you know, I go, I gravitate to. My wife came into the room probably around 11, 11 or so that evening. And there was a lot of boxes there. And she said, hey, uh, Scott, just make sure you unpack these boxes for me tonight. Let's get this room settled so we can move on to a different room tomorrow. And, uh, you know, uh, Jamie, I actually turned on Virginia that night. And my wife got up that morning, 6.30 or so. And I was still in the chair with the remote watching Virginia play. And she looked at me, she says, I'm glad you moved, you know, move, move the stuff out of the boxes. And, um, you know, so I chuckled and I said to her, you don't understand, you know, I'm watching a team here that I've never seen anyone that uses the, your fundamentals against you on the defensive end, meaning Virginia's mover blocker and some of the things that they do, they actually use, you know, the, the fundamentals of the game of basketball defensively against you. And I was kind of, you know, just taken back by watching the style of play. So that's how it started for me at the university in terms of my affiliation and uh, familiarity with the University of Virginia. Now, as we all know, guards win in college basketball. And it just so happens this season, Virginia's two returning starters are both their guards. Uh, Kihei Clark, three-year starter, kind of the table setter for the team on both ends of the floor. And sophomore Reese Beekman, um, he had 20, uh, 21 starts last year and he played in 29.4 minutes per game. What can we expect out of these two uh, coming into Virginia season? Well, first of all, you know, in talking about Virginia and Coach Bennett and his staff, um, you know, from the assistant coaches to the strength coaches, nutrition, um, they've done an unbelievable job at building a program. And, you know, their culture has been set. You know, Kia Clark was instrumental, you know, dating back to when he was a freshman, you know, to winning the, helping him win the national title. So he was a part of the program reaching, you know, um, you know that, that point of, of where they were at. And, um, you know, he's coming back now for his fourth year. And one of the things that, you know, Virginia's done is they've established an identity on both ends of the floor. 
and specifically defensively, as we all know, Virginia, I think the last four out of five years, they've been the number one team in the country in terms of points per game allowed, meaning they don't allow a lot of points. Um, and it all starts with Kia Clark. And in this year's team, you know, Kia Clark, you know, brings incredible experience, but, you know, his ability to pressure the basketball, any great defense, especially man, starts with pressure on the ball. And, and then everything else from there becomes kind of contagious amongst the other guys, possession to possession. And Kia with Reese Beekman, and Reese Beekman's a promising, you know, um, he's a, a you know, young man for them. He was a freshman last year, uh, showed brilliance, you know, brilliant flashes on both ends. He's, uh, you know, he's got, a, he's a great athlete. He's got great feet uh, and he can really defend also. And so with those two guys coming back, I mean, their identity defensively will start with them and I'm sure it'll become infectious amongst a lot of the other guys. Well, they finished third in ACC play in defensive rebounds last season, second in ACC play in turnovers as they don't turn the ball over. And uh, they don't foul. They finish first in ACC play um, in the turnovers. I think that goes toward kind of talking toward their system. Their style of play is important. You know, they play the right way. Um, they get good looks. And they make things hard for you on, on the defensive end. C kind of a couple things stemming from that. Um, you know, what are some of the fundamentals and basics that they do on those ends? But, two, also, how much does that kind of help them groom players to have a short curve going toward the NBA? Well, you know, first of all, what I'd like to do as part of this podcast, you know, um, is to present, you know, some video as it relates to each one of the teams that we're talking about. Um, obviously, you know, with the name of this podcast being the breakdown, I think sometimes it's a lot easier, you know, not only to, you know, to, to talk about it, but to show it. And so what I'd like to do is kind of present to the audience right now uh, a little bit about Virginia in terms of their defense and why they're so, so, so successful um, in terms of their defensive field goal percentage and why they're so good uh, at what they do. So um, if it would be OK, I'm going to jump into this. And um, what I'd like to do is kind of start and walk through this, you know, um, you know, a little bit in terms of, you know, when they shoot the ball. So, first of all, you mentioned to me that Virginia doesn't turn the ball over. And that's a big thing, you know, right? Like, so by not turning the ball over, they eliminate easy baskets, you know, from the opposition. And so they've always been great at, at taking care of the basketball. So it starts there by not turning it over. And then what you're going to see here on every shot, you know, you're going to see Virginia send three guys back towards half court. So what happens is when that ball is shot, if one guy gets to the glass, oftentimes they'll back tip it out if they can, but they're giving up the offensive rebound for a means of setting their defense, almost like inviting you, you know, to the trap. And so when the ball is shot, you'll see these three guys get back defensively and now their half court, their pack line defense is set. So in this case here, we talked about Kia Clark again. He is an absolute terror on the basketball. He's been so since he's been a freshman. And, you know, again, every great defensive possession starts with pressure on the ball. And he's as good as it gets, not only in the ACC, but in the country. Here's a game against Boston College, you know, uh, while I when I was there. And you could see, you know, him picking up full court here. Uh, Jay Heath, who was a freshman at the time, we had Derek Thornton was out this game. And, you know, he just is relentless on the ball in terms of his technique and how much he'll, you know, he's low to the ground and he really gives ball handlers a lot of problems, you know, with his immense pressure on the ball. 
Here's another possession against Duke, um, you know, where if you turn your head and you're not aggressive with the ball and you leave it out there, he's so low to the ground and he's great at this. He'll just turn around and swipe it from you. Um, again, you know, an excellent defender, one of the best in college basketball, period. Here's where they get back now in transition. And you're going to see in this possession right here, you're going to see what we call the pack line defense. OK, in this possession right here, you're going to have great pressure on the basketball out top. You're going to see one pass away here, you know, which is, you know, a Hauser in a position where it's ball, you man. So he's one step below the passing line. Then on his opposite side, one pass away is Kia Clark. And if you can notice, you know, all these guys are connected. That's why we drew this little, you know, kind of configuration here to show the audience how connected they are. You know, we talk about Virginia, you talk about great individual defense, and there is, you know, again, they're so well drilled. But Coach Bennett's system, a pack line, really presents problems because, you know, you're getting pressured on the ball. And then you have all these guys connected when the ball is being driven. And you'll see this right here as the possession, you know, unfolds. You're going to see all these Virginia guys sort of like with their fingertips and voices, you know, almost like every every player is working together, you know, um, you know, to defend the ball. And again, you know, it's something that, you know, they've had unbelievable success at doing over the last several years. But as you can see, in order to become this good, you've got to be well drilled and you can see their airplane technique that young, when you're a young kid, you play airplane, you run around, you know, the backyard when you're young, but those airplane techs technique, when they're guarding the ball, they're running with the ball handler and they're really engaging them with their hips and their chest. So they're not fouling. And that's another thing we talked about. They do not foul. So again, that's a big part of it. And then they don't overhelp either, Jamie. I mean, they, they're just so well drilled that even there in the corner, you could see he didn't need any help. He didn't overhelp. And, you know, everybody's in a defensive stance and they really make it hard for you. There's an airplane technique. And again, you know, at some point, you know, the defense is going to experience, excuse me, the offense is going to experience possessions where they're going to be late into the shot clock, several of them, or they're going to turn the ball over. So, you know, again, you know, Virginia's defense is, you know, again, what they've done over the last several years since Coach Bennett has been there um, is their identity. You know, again, you know, with those two returning guards, it's going to start with them. And, um, you know, it's something that, again, you know, when, when we talk about, you know, Virginia through this podcast, you know, I think over and over again, it's going to come back to as their defense goes, you know, Virginia goes. And that's going to be a, 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 you know, it couldn't be more true going into and I'm watching those highlights, it, it, it just begs the question of how mentally tough Virginia forces you to be. Not necessarily, uh, you know, just on both ends of the floor because they'll take you deep to the bottom of the shot clock on offense and on defense with this pack line defense and the, and the methodical ways that they use their, their offense. How tough is that to coach against? You know, Jamie, it's funny because when you first watch as, as, an, as an assistant coach, when you're trying to help the team as best you can and putting together a game plan, oftentimes it's more about, you know, the defense, the offense, exploiting matchups. And with Virginia, you have to take in consideration the mental side of it. And here's what I mean by that. Virginia is a team that will play especially in that mover blocker system that they, they, they become famous for, they'll take you late in the shot clock. And it's kind of the recipe, you know, for deflating teams, especially, 
you know, if that, if Virginia is playing on the road, right, you're playing defense for 30 plus seconds. And all of a sudden one guy on our team breaks down and they go up and they make a, you know, a jump shot. Cause a lot of their stuff is rhythm based in what they do. So it doesn't matter for them if they're shooting it with two seconds on the clock or with, you know, 15 on the clock. And that's kind of, uh, you know, a very uh, deflating theme for most teams where if Virginia is scoring late clock, you put all that effort in. Now you've got to go back down the other end and you've got to play them on the other side. Does that play affect the next play? Does it affect the next play? And again, with immature young players, you know, that's, you know, something that you have to really be mindful of, right? Because younger guys, you know, don't understand that side of it. So um, when we would go into the Virginia games, we would make sure we told our guys, look, you're going to have to beat them on the scoreboard physically throughout the game. And you're going to have to be extremely, extremely mentally tough, meaning you're going to have to understand that there's going to be late possessions on offense that they're going to score. It can't affect the next play. And then let me show you defensively because, again, you know, defensively, they'll take you late into the shot clock. And when they do, you know, are you going to be tough enough to be able to handle whatever comes your way? So, again, when you sit here and we talk about Virginia, um, you know, this is kind of the mental side of what we're talking about. All right. So this is a possession that I'm going to run here, um, you know, for the breakdown and show Virginia on defense. Okay, this was last year against Florida State airplane technique, you know, that you think they have something, look at them recover, excellent recover, great closeout possession. Now they stay in their stance. And, you know, here's Florida State, who probably doesn't shoot the ball this late in the clock much at all because they don't really – that's not how they're built either. They want to play fast. And you can see here on the shot clock, you know, as it dwindles, you know, they ended up getting nothing really out of it except – you know, Virginia steals the ball and it's possessions like that, Jamie, that, okay, how does that affect the team down the other end of the floor? Uh, they going to now remember what just happened. Uh, is it going to affect the next play, the next play, the next play? And that's what we mean by beating Virginia physically as well as mentally. And taking a look at the personnel uh, coming off of this last year's team, we talked about the backcourt. Virginia loses its entire front court. All three of them, uh, they, they came in for 41.3 combined points per game, 144 three-pointers made, and they were all three on the NBA roster this summer. Before we kind of jump into how they're going to replace those players, I, I, I kind of want to veer off a little bit to the left, Scott, and talk to you a little bit about kind of the developmental system that Virginia has. Two of those three players, Sam Hauser and Jay Huff, redshirted while they were there. The other one, Trey Murphy, spent his first two seasons at Rice. Um, it, this seems to be something that Virginia has done in being able to redshirt players, but not only that, develop them so that they're ready for the NBA once they leave UVA. First of all, let me just say, I, I think what Virginia is doing with their program is really good for college basketball. Um, you know, Jamie, you're on the road a lot and you're interviewing a lot of players, you know, a lot of coaches, uh, as well as over the years for me, um, you know, I'm talking to a lot of families, parents, coaches, and there seems to be this misconception out there uh, or this belief that, you know, if you're not, you know, 18, 19 or 20, or if you spend too many years in college, your chances of getting to the NBA diminish. And I think Virginia has shown 
the world that, you know, kids can come to college, they can experience, you know, the college experience in terms of the social, you know, um, get a degree, um, you know, some of these kids that they've had, Malcolm Brogdon, Jay Huff, uh, et cetera, have redshirted, you know, through their time. And they're getting out of Virginia at 23, 24, 25 years of age, and they're still having opportunities to get to the NBA. So again, I think that dispels, you know, a lot of the myths out there with the younger kids. And I hope a lot of the younger kids are listening um, to this. And, and another side of this, Jamie, that I want to mention is that, you know, Virginia does an incredible job of teaching their players how to play one-on-one -on -one defense and obviously team defense. And, you know, I've been blessed to find a lot of players over the years who have gotten to the NBA. Um, and the one adjustment that every player has to, you know, make is how to defend because, you know, it's all one-on-one -on -one defense in the NBA, you know, your versatility is switching a lot. And Virginia, the technique in terms of being able to pressure the basketball, find that distance when they bring the ball down, keep the ball square, and then to run with the ball with that airplane technique and really absorb the physicality with their hips and their chest and not foul. And at the same time, to be in a position where you see, you know, the Virginia players with their fingertips and their, you hear their voices during a game, that's all drill work. And, you know, that translates to the next level. So again, you know, um, making another point here, you know, tip your hat to the University of Virginia if you're a college basketball fan, because what they're doing is showing that you can still go to college multiple years and still reach your goals, both academically and in the NBA. So, you know, hats off to Virginia. Coming into this season, I think the biggest question mark not, not really question mark, but I think the, the biggest point of the team is looking at Jaden Gardner and what he could possibly bring in to, to fill the void that these three guys are leaving as they, as they move on to the NBA and to further their career. You have Gardner, who averaged 18.3 points, eight rebounds per game last year in East Carolina, 6'7", 235. How do you see him fitting in to what Tony Bennett does with this mover blocker system and this triangle offense? Well, first of all, watching Jalen Gardner over his career in high school and, you know, what he did at, you know, uh, East Carolina, obviously he was a first team, all, you know, American athletic conference kid. But the one thing that stands out to me about him is going to be his ability to play a couple different positions for Virginia and his, you know, what I would call, you know, not just his points per game, not just his rebounds per game, his points per shot, meaning this. Jaden Gardner, you know, was at East Carolina. He shot an extremely high field goal percentage. I think it was close to 50%, you know, from the field. And, you know, being able to play with that type of efficiency is what Virginia is all about. And it goes back to what we talked about earlier, you know, in terms of getting to the next level. A lot of young guys think, you know, it's all about, you know, how many points did I get? You know, I didn't score enough. I can't score enough within this system. But in reality, what the NBA is looking for is guys who are efficient and, and, and really PPSs, points per shot, not PPGs, points per game. With that said, you know, watching Jaden Gardner, I think he's going to be able to come in here, especially in their mover blocker, in that little triangle game that they run, you know, be a matchup nightmare. And, you know, he might not be on paper the three-point shooter that Hauser was, um, but he certainly is physical. 
He's crafty around the basket. He shot 75 or 77% or right now in that area from the free throw line. So he is a capable shooter. And, you know, he's a guy that can, you know, on those pick and rolls, you know, he'll catch it mid post, bury those shots. And he'll also take you into the post where he's got a tremendous feel around the basket, up fakes, finishes, and he rebounds. And that's what Virginia does also. So I think he's a great system fit to the University of Virginia as a transfer, you know, and he brings a lot on both ends of the floor. You know, he's going to be a big time weapon for them this year, uh, especially during ACC play. Is there somebody that maybe Jaden Gardner reminds you of that, that give Virginia fans a little bit of an idea as to what they can expect? He reminds me of Braxton Key a lot. You know, he's somebody that comes in and he's, first of all, he's got a strong, he's a man. He's got a great body to him. Um, and he's also versatile. Like he looks like, you know, although he might be at times a little less fluent than Braxton was, you know, he's still a guy that can put the ball on the floor and, you know, create a matchup problem, which Braxton did. The other thing that they could do with him is they could play him in that mover blocker, both coming off screens or setting screens if they want to play, you know, different combinations. Back when they had DeAndre Hunter, they would do that. They put him in sometimes as the actual blocker and they would have um, keys coming off as the mover. And so meaning he's coming off the screen. So again, I'm not sure what coach Bennett's going to do, but I do think the Virginia fan base and the entire ACC should be on notice because you know, um, you know, he's shading, you know, Garner is somebody that's going to come in and provide instant impact. He's a great system fit and he fills a huge void in that front court with three guys who are now on NBA rosters. He's going to provide scoring. You know that uh, he was an excellent free throw shooter. He was, um, you know, he was somebody that, you know, around the rim, especially in the ACC, he's experienced enough to get guys in the air to draw fouls. Um, you know, a lot of that move of blocker stuff or that, that little triangle, you know, if, if teams are switching, you know, he'll go from perimeter to post on you where he'll catch the ball, drive it, and then he'll swing his hips and his head middle and he'll take you into the post. So he's going to be a matchup problem. I mean, again, he's a huge get for them in terms of what they lost last year and replacing a lot. You know, he's going to be a guy that's going to be scoring some baskets for them. And the other last thing I'll mention about him too, Jamie is that if you look at his numbers, you know, not just the points per game, not just the rebounds. If you look at one statistic that to me is glaring, and that is points per shot. He had an excellent shooting percentage, 50 plus percent from the field. And again, staying consistent with all the Virginia players and why, you know, they're getting to the NBA, you know, again, dispelling another myth around young players today they have to score 20 points per game, 19, and that's going to define them in getting there. Meanwhile, you have guys getting there who are barely scoring double figures, but because they're efficient, they're efficient. And the stat line of or the terminology, instead of PPGs, meaning points per game, PPS is points per shot. And that's what the Virginia players have all done throughout their time with Coach Bennett. And that's why they're moving on and they're successful in the NBA. Another player that they lost on an NBA roster this past uh, summer, Jay Huff, the, the back line of the pack line is, is what they've said about him. Uh, all ACC defensive player, seven, big seven-foot center. The natural progression you would think would be Caden Shedrick jumping into his spot. 
Shedrick, not a lot of playing time last year. I think he only played in 11 games, 7.8 minutes per game. Now, that was his redshirt freshman year coming into his redshirt sophomore year. We don't necessarily know exactly what type of player he is in college yet, but what will he need to do? What will Caden Shedrick need to do in order to kind of take place of what Jay Huff gave them? And what will, what will Tony Bennett be looking for Shedrick to do? To me, you know, and I'm sure the Virginia coaching staff and the strength coaches have done this, and that is, you know, they, they probably have him sitting down and just kind of following the blueprint of Jay Huff because, you know, Jay Huff was a kid that I remember seeing play in the North Carolina, South Carolina high school all-star game. And, you know, Kai Bowman, who we had at Boston College at the time, played in that. And I watched that, you know, that game. And, you know, Jay Huff was a kid that had obviously potential, but under Coach Bennett, his coaching staff, under the, you know, the strength coaches and nutrition, again, his development, you know, um, took him from a guy that had some ability and potential to being a guy that now is in the NBA where he could score at all three levels. He really worked on his body. Um, great shot blocker. And then again, just like all these other guys, he could defend. So again, with, with Chedrick, you know, he's going to have to come in and say to himself, and I'm sure they just follow the blueprint of, you know, what Huff did. And I think that's going to be his key to success. And he's got a lot of potential. I mean, again, another guy, they red shirt is a year older. He's going to get better. You know, last year was kind of a year that you don't judge a lot on because of COVID. But again, I think he's going to take a huge step forward for them and definitely give him a presence at the rim. Jay Huff, Sam Hauser, first round draft pick, Trey Murphy, um, 144 three pointers that Virginia loses in their start lineup out of that. Looking around the roster, you're going to have to think Indiana transfer Armand Franklin and then possibly Cody Statman will be the ones to kind of step into the role and get the three point shooting, maybe find the perimeter threat uh, from beyond the arc. What have you seen? I know you've watched a lot of film on both of these guys. I know that you have experience against Cody. What have you seen from these guys, and how do you see them stepping in to Virginia and playing a role? Well, first of all, I think all of our prayers and thoughts are with, you know, um, you know Cody Statman, and hopefully that he's doing okay and he's healthy. I know, you know, he was out last year, but, I, you know, he had a – there was a concern, a, a cardiac concern. But we're hoping that he's okay. Um, but he showed flashes now, you know, he came in against us at Boston college when we played against him. you know, he was a big time catalyst in that game, came off the bench, hit big shots. He's got great size to him. You know, again, capable three point shooter. He knows how to use screens coming off that move a blocker action. Um, and you know, he's deceptively good too, at, you know, with a quick first step with straight line drives and he can finish. So with his red shirt year, you know, uh, God willing, he's healthy. You know, he's going to be someone I'm sure that's going to impact them in a very positive way on both ends. And then Amon Franklin, you know, look, watching him, you know, through high school in Indiana, you know, he's an excellent three-point shooter. He's got a pure stroke. Uh, he's a catch-and-shoot guy. Another great system fit. That's the one thing, Jamie, too, and you know this, you know, with this transfer portal the way it is now, you know, um, it really gives flexibility for, you know, teams like Virginia – uh, who lost three guys, you know, this year to go get not only a really capable player, but somebody that fit, fills a huge need that has experience. And, you know, I look back at us at Boston College, you know, after year four, we had turned it. And then we lost Jerome Robinson to the NBA, you know, and it's hard to replace those guys. But with that transfer portal now, you know, you have a chance to kind of go out 
and not only get a really experienced, good, capable player, but somebody that is, uh, again, a, a perfect system fit. So, yeah, you know, Franklin is going to provide experience, three-point shooting, um, you know, pure stroke. And I, I'm sure in that mover blocker or, whether, or that triangle stuff that they run uh, or that ball screen, back screen stuff, you know, he can handle the ball too. He's going to be a huge weapon for them too uh, coming in. And you mentioned recruiting toward their system. The Virginia recruitments are very um, – they all kind of are the same thing coming from high school to college. They, they're very quick. They're very quiet. They come in, and, and the guys commit. They do a great job. They know what they get out of a player. Uh, so this is a two-part question. Uh, the first part, I'm going to ask you a question about the system. The second part, I'm going to ask you a question about the, their incoming freshmen. But we'll start with the system first. How important is that to kind of understand, you know, and, and the type of system that they run, having an understanding as to how they're running it and the type of player that they need um, in order to, to succeed? Well, look, Virginia has been known, you know, to be a team that runs mover blocker, um, and they've been very successful at it. Now, I will tell you this, over the last several years and watching Virginia, the thing that is so impressive uh, about Coach Bennett and his staff is the fact that they've been able to make adjustments, you know, along the way, you know, for, for example, especially in ACC play, everybody's trying to defend, you know, um, different ways. But the one thing in this mover blocker system, um, you know, it's all about read and reaction, right? And the Virginia players that, are in the program, obviously, uh, are so well drilled at it. And it's a big part of their identity offensively. Not the only thing that they run, but they're known for it. And again, you know, a mover blocker system, you know, and I like to show this on film. It's pretty easy to kind of pick up here in terms of what it actually means. So in this clip right here, you'll see the three circles that are illuminated. Those would be considered the movers, the three guards, okay, that are moving, you know, again, ball centered here and wherever the ball goes, usually it's a wing entry. Um, you know, they're going to get into this continuous, what we call backs, fade screen, down screen action, continuous, right? So the three movers in the illuminations now, you know, are going to be moving through. And what they do is as soon as they hit, okay, on the down screen, usually the first one isn't as much of a scoring threat, but when they do hit them, okay, coming off of this, you'll see the down screen hit to the wing, and now you see a fade on that weak side. So those two bigs in this setting right here, meaning the two blockers, would be Jay Huff on the low block, and you would see in this one, I think Trey Murphy actually is playing high, if that's him, you know, at the four in this alignment. House is at the three. And so it's a continuous, you know, fade screen, down screen. But here's where it gets tricky, right? When they dribble the ball up to the center of the floor, there's screening action on both sides, right? Now the blockers are looking, you know, for, you know, where the ball is, right? And in this set right here, it really puts a lot of pressure on the defense because there really isn't a lot of weak side help here. And you'll see in a second what I'm talking about here as he comes off of this, okay, the normal progression, I'll try to rewind this here, is for the Carolina guy here to be kind of jumping or moving in the direction of the ball, okay? And what happens is Jay, uh, Hauser gets a, a fade screen here, and the Carolina defender, you know, again, 
maybe fundamentally was correct in jumping to the ball, but he's got to push over this fade and stay connected. And this, uh, these are the rhythm shots that Virginia will make you pay. Here's another example, okay, of them centering the ball. Again, when that ball's in the middle of the floor, it really makes it hard and puts a lot of pressure on the defense as they're coming off of this. Now, you can see the Miami defender who's lost contact, you know, with Hauser. You also see the, the, the Miami defender who's guarding the blocker, meaning Jay Huff. He's not giving the Miami guard a choice to get through this screen. And so both guys are actually wrong. And in this case here, you know, Hauser comes off, again, inside foot rhythm three, and that's mover blocker, you know, at its best. Here's another example, okay? Um, you know, and you can see this. This time, the Louisville defender is not connected down low. And what he does here, he declares his path early. When you declare that path early and you come over the top of that, that's an easy plant your foot fade action. And in this one, while intensi, wide open shots. These are the kind of shots, again, that Franklin, you know, Staten, um, I'm sure Beekman this year, you know, they're going to make in this system. Okay. So again, they're going to fit that style. And again, here it is again, mover blocker. This time you have uh, Pittsburgh here, you know, the guard does a pretty good job of getting over. And here's what I was telling you, going back to that story when I first started scouting Virginia and I was kind of just taken back and so excited about watching a team like this, because, you know, I had never seen a team use their use the fundamentals that you've been taught as a player against you. And in this case, Pittsburgh's player guarding, uh, you know, um, Kie at the top does what he's been told to do. He's jumping to the ball. We call that jump and swipe. But what happens is there was a time against Virginia early in the league that you could actually do that. But again, to coach Bennett, his staff's credit, they implemented now a counter to it. So when you come off, and in this case, again, uh, the pit defender guarding the blocker is in the wrong spot, but still the guy jumps and swipes. And now, you know, who is, who's going to get through this fade on the weak side? That's a read and react play based on how Pittsburgh guarded it. And Pittsburgh was not necessarily wrong fundamentally in what they were doing. And again, another rhythm three out of move a blocker. And this is, again, why Virginia is so efficient in what they're doing. In this next clip, you'll see Virginia, this time in a situation where the Carolina defender, you know, this is kind of the, the throwback with the rescreen action. He's coming off the down screen. This is Statman. And you'll see the Carolina defender guarding the ball, again, jumping, swiping, and trying to help in that situation. But what happens this time is that the Virginia guy again fades him and now he can't get there. So instead the Carolina defender switches. Now he's got, I believe that's Kessler on him. And now he just goes one-on-one -on -one with a matchup problem. And that again is how Virginia over the last several years has counted the way teams have played him in that move of blocker. And again, it's only one way, Jamie, that they'll, that's an identity that they have on offense. They have a lot of other things. But again, you know, if you play Virginia, you better be ready for mover blocker. And it's it's not an easy offense to defend, especially because they're so well drilled and the personnel fits within their system. And it's all about rhythm shots. So, yes, uh, 
you know, you got to give credit to Virginia to be able to run an offense like this this many years and be this efficient with it. Here's another example, okay, of the same action where he hits, okay. It might look like, you know, this guy is there, but again, five seconds on the shot clock, you know, it's a rhythm three. And these are the type of shots that we talk about the mental side of it that will deflate a team. You know, Wallen Tensai, who came off of this, you've played pretty good defense the entire possession. And now you're just a little bit late. And again, he's actually there. But again, they probably drilled his shot, you know, every day in practice and in individual workouts. And those are the type of shots that really deflate the opposition. You know, here's another example of, you know, them coming off the screen and, you know, the Carolina guy is chasing him off of this. And now you can see, watch what happens in this situation here. You'll see the, while Intensai is driving the ball and you'll see him get, uh, Kia Clark get faded off on the weak side. And again, you know, now they're popping Hauser. And then in recruiting toward their offense and the way that they play, they bring in a two-man recruiting class this season. You have six foot uh, ten Igor Milicic out of Croatia. He chose Virginia over the likes of Utah, uh, Georgia Tech. He also has some pro options. He's a little bit more of a long-term plan. But for this upcoming season, uh, Tane Murray out of New Zealand, the six foot five shooting guard. He chose Virginia over the likes of Purdue, Arizona State, Stanford, Maryland, lots of other choices as well. Uh, were he in the United States, we at Rivals probably would have had him as a top, as a Rivals 150 type of uh, player. I know you've seen film on him and watched him. What do you see from Murray, and how do you see him playing into this this season? Well, again, you know, I think both freshmen are going to be counted on. You know, they're going to need both of them, especially with all the roster turnover that they've had. Um, you know, again, you know, when you talk about Murray, it, it kind of, you know, continues on with this, you know, pipeline from New Zealand, right? Now, Jack Salt is from New Zealand. And they've had a lot of players, you know, over the last several years who have come from New Zealand, who have been very successful in, in college and in the NBA for that matter. So I've seen Murray a lot on film and I got to tell you, um, you know, he is fun to watch. He's, he plays with a confidence and a swagger. Um, you know, he's surprised when he misses threes. He's got that, that it, you know, to him where, you know, if he's in that mover blocker or if he's open, you know, and he sets his feet, you know, his hands are ready and he's going to step up and shoot with a lot of confidence. And, you know, Jamie, one thing that we don't talk a lot about is how, you know, high school kids and how transfer portal kids even that are coming to the ACC, their games translate. This is a very, very good league, as you know, and the venues that you play in night in and night out propose another challenge. So for most freshmen, it takes a little time for the adjustment, you know, of coming in and being as consistent as you would like. But again, with what Coach Bennett and his staff have done over the last several years and, you know, the, the confidence they instill in their players, uh, the system with which these kids are going to play in, I think Tane Murray of the freshmen will probably be the most ready. And I think he's going to be a guy that's going to give them, you know, a lot this year, especially from that three-point line with all they lost. But again, you know, don't count out Milicek in terms of his development because we all no, time in and time, 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 time in, time again, we've seen what Virginia can do in development. So Virginia, this coming up season, they lost Sam Hauser, Jay Huff, Trey Murphy, Casey Morcell, Thomas Walden, Tensei, Justin McCoy. That's six of their top eight guys. They bring in some good freshmen. They bring in some good transfers, and they have some young guys in their developmental system. 
that are coming in. Obviously, they're one of the most winning teams in the ACC over the last four or five years, national championship included, ACC championships included. How do you see this version of the Virginia team playing out? Well, look, it all starts with culture, right? I mean, they have 61 and 12, I believe, over the last, you know, four years in ACC play. And that's incredible with the level of talent, the coaching, the kind of win at that level for the last four years. Um, you know, it's, it's really impressive. With that said, there is a lot of roster turnover here. But when we talked about this earlier in the podcast, it begins with their defense, right? And there's those two guards, you know, that are coming back, Clark, and Beekman both are going to start their defense with great pressure on the ball. And that pack line defense that Virginia is, you know, famous for, um, they almost invite you into their pack line by getting those guys back in, in the transition defensive segment we showed. And, you know, they're a team that's going to, you know, they're going to defend, you know, that they have a lot of new faces, but, you know, I would not count out Virginia, you know, uh, this year in the ACC, I don't care who they lost because of the way Coach Bennett and his staff have got the program going, the culture and their identity on both ends of the floor is, is something that is a challenge for every ACC team, no matter who has whatever number is in the back of that jersey. But it is going to start with those guards, Jamie. And, you know, Kia Clark's won a national title as a freshman. So he's been there and done that. And then you add these other guys in, you know, I think it's going to become contagious and infectious with his mindset. And then obviously Beekman, you know, I, we, ex I expect, you know, he's going to have a big time here this year. He's impressive. Yeah. I know that you love Reese Beekman. Obviously we had great things to say, Jaden Gardner, Armand Franklin, just kind of stepping into the plug and play. Um, you know, it's, it's almost like in Tony, we trust. It, it, we, we might not know any of the players that are coming in, but he likes his players and he's earned the reputation that we believe in what he likes and, and, and it succeeds. It really does. And, and again, what's most impressive in Jamie, not to, you know, kind of be redundant here, but what's most impressive is how these guys come in and they're taught, you know, defensively, you know, how to play great defense on the ball without fouling to be in the gaps, to be all connected defensively possession after possession after possession. And anytime, you know, we've heard the adage your defense travels, anytime you can defend at that level, that he's shown his teams are going to do year in and year out, you have a chance to win. And so expect Virginia to be a team that is a big threat this year in the ACC, even with all those losses because of what the culture that's been created by Coach Bennett and his staff. And there we go, University of Virginia. Guys, thank you all so much for tuning in. This is episode one of The Breakdown. Uh, if you enjoyed what we had, please feel free to share it across your platforms please feel free to, to send it to your, all your friends and buddies and, and all that type of stuff. And even to opposing coaches and everything, this is, this is what we want. We want to be out the masses and let y'all know what we see here at the university of Virginia. Uh, also, if you do like it, please be sure to subscribe, uh, make sure that you go ahead and rate us five stars and uh, leave a comment below what you like the most, what you think about the mover blocker system that Virginia does or their pack line defense or what you learned. Just comment below. Let us know what you thought about it. Let us know what you think. For Coach Scott Spinelli, I am Jamie Shaw. Thank you guys very much for tuning in.
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.